The following is a fourth-hand production. Hey, everybody. Welcome into Sad Times. Uh, my name is Kevin. As you know, we're going to get fucking sad. So uh, just for those of you uh, who have not been uh, to the show and listened to it before, just to give you a little brief rundown of what we do uh every week i'm lucky enough to have a kind guest who comes on and talks about some times in their lives when he or she was sad when he or she was upset anxious and how he or she acted and what that meant to that person it's my belief that you know we all go through a bunch of shit and we rarely talk about it or we do in a very limited space and so that we're not able to all of us maybe have a better understanding of what other people are going through so you know the goal of this show is to kind of have some people on and and let them tell their stories for you guys to listen to so maybe hopefully somebody can feel a little bit less alone while listening or can identify with it as a reminder since last week we do have a sponsor on the show it is fuck cigarettes not fuck cigarettes. No, it's called fuck cigarettes. Uh, there's a sticker here in the studio that looks like a Marlboro pack. Instead of Marlboro, it just says fuck. So light up a fuck. Okay, so uh, this is Sad Times, and this week we have Jenny on. Jenny, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing, Kevin? I'm doing okay. Uh, you look very relaxed in your seat over there. You're doing it right. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, that's the best way to do it, I think. How long have I known you, Jenny? I've known you a year and a half, two About years. About a year and a half, two. Yeah. Okay. And uh, we met at work. Yep. Became buddies, worked together, and now you do what I used to do there. Yep. At I that job. Took everything out, took a whole, the whole ownership of it all. Yes. <laughs> how's that? Is that why you're here today? Is that, how's that working out for you? It's going pretty well. Yeah. Keeps me busy. And you, like me, are from central Illinois, is that right? Yes. I'm from Champaign, Illinois. Nice. Nice old U of I. Yeah. Did you go to the U of I? No, I went to University of Iowa. That's right. Yeah. Big 10, though. Yes. Yeah. I uh, love Central Illinois. Uh, people like to call it Southern Illinois, and I like to get really mad because it's Central Illinois. Um, and so you were born in Champaign? I was born in Champaign, grew up there, um, went to Parkland College for a little bit, oh, and nice. then transferred to DePaul, uh-huh. and then moved back to Champaign. Went to Parkland for a little bit, and then went to Iowa. Okay. Yeah, Parkland, the local community college. My yep. dad used to teach there years yep. and years ago. Growing up, did you have siblings? Uh, yep. I have one full brother. Um, I have two half-brothers that I didn't grow up with. Okay. So. And your brother, your full brother, is he older? He's older. He's about two years older than me, so he's about 27, so 29. And your half-brothers, they're much older? Yep. So one of my half-brothers is about... 36 37 the other one's about 38 39 man 37 that's pretty fucking old yeah <clears throat> wow <clears throat> surprised he can he's still good all right your parents um still married yep they're still married still together still living in champagne growing up what was the house like was it the type of thing where there's always a conversation about what was going on in the world and um was it a, a talkative house uh was it one of those stupid things like you see in a fucking commercial where everybody's just really happy and somehow always at the right temperature um none of that actually uh um, no okay. <laughs> it was pretty quiet we kind of all did our own thing um my dad used to work at nights my mom worked in the daytime um, me and my brother were used to we used to be really close um, growing up, and then as we got older, we kind of just um, got a little less closer. Did something happen there? 
No, I think we just had different interests. Like I used to kind of follow him around, kind of just want to do everything that he did. Uh-huh. And then I kind of just started doing my own thing. Okay. How old were you when you guys kind of stopped being as close as you once were? I would probably say it stopped after elementary school. Oh, so like once you got into high school, you're like- Or middle school, yeah. Yeah, middle school. Oh, middle school. Okay. Yeah. When do you say middle school starts? Sixth grade. Okay, I'll allow it. That's fine. And then, so your mom worked during the day and your dad worked at night. So they were probably just passing each other. They never really got to see each other, it sounds like. Yep. Um, usually right by the time my dad is like awake and getting ready for work, my mom's home. That had to be hard. Did your dad have trouble sleeping during the day? Um, No, he slept for a really long time. He would sleep for like all day long. And then he would get up, go to work, and that's it. So did you ever... Um, I have friends who had parents who worked nights. Did you ever have to be especially quiet and all that stuff? No, he's a pretty heavy sleeper. Although when I would be upset and, you know, crying like a kid, uh-huh. um, he'd get a little upset at me for that. <laughs> like crying, like, because that's the only way you could express yourself or crying because you were up, like, sad or? Crying because I was being a kid and I, like, always fought with my brother, like, wrestled with him and then I'd cry. <laughs> oh, because you got hurt? Yeah. Or, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, and then what about your mom? Did you, were you close with your mom? Not at all. We didn't really get along. She kind of favorited my brother a lot more than me. So she'd always compare us. Compare you? Like how? Um, Pretty much just be like, be more like Michael. Michael's this, Michael's that. And then like, it would always be something positive about him. And then with me, it was just always something negative. Uh, do you think that's because he was older or the mother-son dynamic? Um, probably both. Um, yeah. I think she favored him a lot more. Um, I was a little bit more of a troublemaker and a little bit more outspoken than him. Troublemaker? Like, what? what what's an example of that? I broke things a lot. <laughs> broke things? Just because I would be running around or something and I would just accidentally break something. Oh, yeah, okay. Not like you weren't just going up and just knocking shit Not like a shells. cat. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Fucking cats, man. <laughs> Um, so your mom was, and do you, how, how old were you when you remember her starting to compare you to Michael? Um, pretty much probably since I was like four or five. Do you think she thought that was just like a, a good rule of thumb, a good way to parent to say, well, here's a good example for my daughter type of thing? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I think she just, I don't know why she favored him more than me. I don't think I really did anything different. Um, Maybe because me and her have like similar personalities and that's why we kind of butt heads. I've learned more and more as I've gotten older that I'm just my father yeah. in a different body. Uh, I'm just turning into him, you yeah. know. Um, but I, I also have a lot of my mother's characteristics as well. Yeah, like my mom's pretty negative. She's not very optimistic about anything. So because the way she reacts to things or all of that stuff, it kind of projected onto me so i became very negative as well so i never really had anything positive to say when i was growing up so really? she'd always had like something to complain about or she just never satisfied with something and then that would that's how i grew up why was she negative that she just was was do you think there was a reason i think she had a lot of things happen in her past um she, a lot of traumatic things you know both my parents immigrated from cambodia to here from oh, wow. nothing to have something um, they grew up in a third world country with like very little money. Um, my mom grew up with a, maybe one of nine siblings. Wow. Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> oh my. Okay. How old were they when they came over? Um, I honestly don't know. Um, I know my mom had me when she was 24. So she probably had my brother when she was like 22. Mm-hmm. 
So probably in the early 20s. Where, did they meet here or over there? Um, they, they met came over there. Okay. Um, that was during Camera Rouge. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah. So that's there's a lot of traumatic things that yeah. happened in their past, and I think they're a little embarrassed to share with it. There's probably a lot of guilt and shame somewhere in there. And so they just kind of hide it all and just brush it on the rug and pretend like everything. They grew up fine. No problems. No issues. Have you? So you've never talked to him about it? No. Do you think your mom was proud of you growing up? Um, she's never really said it. Never? Um, she, just because she's always compared me to my brother and she never really remembered things about me. She just kind of idolized my brother a lot more than me. Is that still the case? Yeah. All the time. My parents text me and call me whenever it's whenever it's like closer to my brother's birthday. Just like be sure to reach out from reach out to Michael to kind of tell him happy birthday. Reach out to him, t- tell him happy holidays. But they never do the same for to him, him to me. Yeah, really? Yeah. Is is Michael like your dad's favorite too? Um, no. I think I'm a little bit more of my dad's favorite. I was more closer to my dad growing up than my mom. Uh huh. When she would say, "Do this like Michael. Do this. Do that." Etc. What kind of expectations did she have? Really high expectations for you, and were they clear, or were they just like be like Michael? Just be like Michael, <laughs> pretty much. What What was your response to that? Did you feel like okay, I will do it, or I had a lot of resentment. I think from that, I kind of rebelled a lot. So like, whenever we had neighbors, um, like you know, childhood friend neighbors and all that stuff, I'd probably I usually like want to play with them and be outside and like do other things with them and then she wanted me to stay in the house all day type of thing like a protective thing yeah okay kind of just like i'm scared i don't know what's gonna happen to you like i want you to stay in the house at all times and then so did that create friction yeah um when i turned 16 and they gave me a car i would slam the door and just walk right out right mid-sentence when she would be talking how long would you be gone a couple hours and then when you got back, was it addressed or just... No, they just never said anything. Have you ever talked to them about that? Mm, nope. We don't, we, don't, we don't really talk to each other about feelings or emotions. We just kind of brush it under the rug and move on. Sorry. Yeah, I paused there for a second. I'm just thinking about that. I think people would just... Yeah. Okay. I, the reason I'm thinking about that is I, I, I've been lucky enough that in my family, we're, we're not... Well... For the most part, we'll we'll discuss feelings and, and we're open about it. So to hear, and like if I would have done that, just slam the door. Well, first, wow, man, when I got back, there'd be, there'd be some problems. Yeah, um, I don't think my parents really knew anything about grounding or... You never were grounded or anything no, like that? No, they didn't know what that was. Okay. They would just like yell at me for a little bit and that'd be it. And then like if I were to leave, I knew my mom would call her family on the phone and just like talk about me talk about you yeah so she would gossip about me tell everyone what i would do and everything um kind of just look down upon me in a way are you still mad about that Mm, i have some resentment about it yeah but i mean there's really not much i can do so i just kind of let it go you know who i think should have been grounded michael (laughs) uh you can tell your mom no i'm just kidding um what so your parents though they're still married happy they're content Content. I mean, they're not going to get divorced. They're both in America. There's nowhere else they're going to go. Yeah. Uh, what What were they like? What was their relationship like growing up? Probably not attached. Um, they weren't emotional people at all. They kind of never really were affectionate towards each other or anyone. They never really expressed feelings. 
they would just kind of yell at each other here and there kind of every day type of thing. And she would complain more about something, that type of thing. And then my dad would just kind of like do his own thing. What would they yell at each other about? Just everyday shit? She'd have issues with finances or she would just have something to complain about, either something that I did um, or something that he did. Did she ever complain about Michael? No. I don't mean to... I just uh, feel like Michael should have been grounded. <laughs> I mean, he, he kind of grew up like playing a lot of video games and really didn't really do much. Did she say that you need to have better hand-eye coordination like Michael from his video game? No, she's never said that. I do know that I was more of the type of person who I wanted to be out and about. I wanted to be with my friends like at their house or do something with their friends or family and that type of stuff. He was more like he had friends over come to him. Okay. And was there a point where your mom kind of was less afraid of letting you go out? Uh, no. Or my parents wanted me to stay inside the house all the time. They like, I live like a 15 minute walk away from my high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there'd be football games every Friday, of course, and I'd want to go. And then they would like tell me, no, I can't go. Even though I'm literally down the street. And is that kind of what would lead you to kind of leave? Yeah. Yeah. That's why I would rebel. Um, it's kind of sexist. It's kind of shitty, you know? It's just like, why don't you trust me? I'm just because I'm female. Yeah. But, uh, were you able to ever have that conversation with them? No, never did. Um, to me, it didn't really matter because if I left, what are they going to do? They wouldn't, like, come out the door after you? No. Oh, okay. They'd just be like, oh, well, she's gone now. Yeah, so they I just... I guess I could see yeah. where you're coming from. Yeah. It's just like, well... You could tell me, no, well, I'm going to leave. What are you going to do about yeah. it? Yeah. And then when you got home, there was no repercussions, no grounding, no... No. Okay. Do you think that... I think it's true of everybody. We all watch our parents. It's like the first relationship we see in a, in a number of different ways. Do you think that y- your parents' relationship has shaped how you view relationships? Uh, absolutely. I feel like... Um it's a very unequal relation marriage that they have. Um, I feel like, you know, he has a little bit more power than her in that type of sense. Um, and she just takes it like she doesn't really stand up for herself the way she's feeling. She doesn't really communicate very much. Uh-huh. So she just kind of bottles it all internally or just talks to herself complaining about things. Has that ever changed? Nope. It's still current today. Do you think she's just afraid to say anything or doesn't feel she should? I feel like maybe she just doesn't see a point because either way, they're just going to stay married and nothing's going to really change. Watching them and then having relationships with friends and and significant others and things like that. Like, have you always been really wary of power balances like that? Like, um, uh, of of your significant other having more power in the relationship or things like that? Are those things that you even consciously think of? Um, I'll think about it for a little bit. Um, usually most of my ex-boyfriends that I've had, it's been pretty equal yeah. between each other. Um, I think the only time it was not very equal was probably my last ex. Um, it was kind of weird because I didn't really complain to him what my issues were. Mm-hmm. Um, like for example, he blocked me on social media the whole time we were dating. Didn't know why, just because. Did, did you ever ask him? No, never asked him. I don't mean that as an accusatory question. I I apologize. I'm just asking, like, because I'd just be curious to see what his reasoning would be. No, I never asked him. I guess because I just didn't really want to know his response or reaction. I guess to me, it just didn't seem like a big enough deal to say something. It bothered me, but I just never really saw the point in asking. Do you feel that 
you let certain things bother you instead of addressing them because uh, you know you don't see the point or you're you don't I think what you said is you don't want to know the answer yeah of course yeah. like for example uh, when I was growing up um, my dad did a lot of things to my mom um, you know he would cheat on her he'd do online dating um, I remember I walked in when I was a kid I walk in and I see an email opened and it's from another woman from Cambodia and it's like says I love you and then he just looks over at me, laughs, just says it's a joke, and then I walk away and just carry on with my day. How old were you? Um, I was probably like eight. But you definitely remember that pretty yeah. clearly. Um, there was other times where he would hit her sometimes. They had a really bad hiccup when I was around that age. Jesus. Okay, I think um good place to take a little bit of a break. <laughs> um, that's horrifying. I'm so sorry. Let's take a little break. And then uh, we'll come back and we'll talk some more with you, okay? Okay. All right, welcome back into Sad Times, everybody. Um, I know you just listened to an ad for um, uh, a good sponsor, but it's not as great as our... Our main sponsor, Fuck Cigarettes. So, Jenny, how was your break? It was good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so, you said that um, it sounds like you really want to get the hell out of the house when you're in high school. Yeah. And then you started at a community college. Then you came up to DePaul right. here in Chicago, and yep. then you went back down. But you ended up in Iowa. Uh, how good did it feel to be like on your own? Really good, actually. Yeah. Um, it was really good putting space between me and my parents. Um, they're the type of people, at least to me, that I can only handle in small doses. Uh-huh. So I think having that space made us a little bit closer. In that type okay. Of sense. How, how, um, like you would talk more often or a little bit? Yeah. I'd be a little bit more calmer when they would like talk to me and everything and I can handle a little bit more conversations. Like they were just weren't on my back so much. Yeah. And about every little thing, it was just a little bit more calming. Um, I think I was able to surround myself with more people who were more positive. And so just because my mom created a lot of a negative atmosphere for me, mm-hmm. just with all that negativity and all the things that she said, um, and then just like finding the right group of people to be with, like friends wise and everything, I kind of was able to build a better support system. Was your dad like um, negative in the same way? No, he was a pretty positive person. He's a good guy and everything. Um, you know, he's pretty optimistic, didn't really have any issues. Um, he... My problem with him was that, like, if I were to say something, like, if I had a problem with him, it would just kind of go in one ear and out the other. So he doesn't change or really listen? No. He he hears you. He just doesn't listen. Is that true with most people or just you or? Um, probably just to. My brother never really expressed how he felt to things. He never really. He was just always indifferent. Never really had an opinion to do his own thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, me, if I were to express myself, he would literally say, family first, family first, get good grades type of thing. And it's like, you're not listening to me. So uh, when I was probably about 18 or so, um, I kind of finally, I just kind of exploded. And I was just like, I know how, what everyone says in the family. Uh-huh. They would just kind of um, give me a bad reputation and talk everything like talk bad about me and everything and then like 
one day finally just like exploded and I like said I know what everyone says about me I know what they call me I know my mom calls other people like calling my aunts and stuff in Australia and saying all of these things about me what do they what do you mean to call you they um, should call you names yeah they would say I'm a bad person that I was a slut and all of this like banter and all that stuff like I'd be out and about just so their assumption was if I was out I'd be being reckless or doing risky behavior pretty much did you hear hear her say these things or did she say these things directly to you um i would hear it my cousins would tell me what everyone says i don't speak any of those languages so like any of the languages that my parents speak um, i only know english so like my cousins would tell me and everything and then like i would kind of get a better idea of what everyone's talking about your mom would call you these names behind your back but and i'm not trying to be funny here she would not do this about michael your brother no absolutely not do you think that she didn't feel she had in her role uh, f- from the culture she came from where she couldn't even talk disparagingly about an, a male? Um, I'm not quite sure. I didn't just because she didn't really open her life and tell me her life story. I don't really know. Mm-hmm. Um, I know she used to get hit every day type of thing by her parents. So, I mean, being one of 10, you can imagine all the trauma that she went through. Yeah. Um, I don't know if she's had any, she was in any other relationship besides my dad or anything else that happened. Have you ever asked her about that stuff? If you were to ask her any of those type of questions, she would just kind of look away or try to distract you with another question, change the conversation in any way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. That's sad. The way that your family dynamics played out, do you think... At least your understanding of it. Do you think any of that or how much of it was derived from kind of the culture that your parents came from? Um, I would say a lot of it. You know, m- my parents, you know, growing up in Cambodia, they have very traditional views. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, for example, my brother was able to go out or do whatever they want. he wanted to. They didn't really care. It's not like he really did anything, but it's still like they trusted him a lot more than me. I don't know why. Um, I feel like I didn't really do anything different besides rebel because i couldn't didn't have they wouldn't let me do anything and you think they wouldn't let you because you were a woman um i think because they were they feared that i had no way of protecting myself i'd be more of a target for people rather than like a male so yeah i would say so do you think that your mother that was like your mom's worst fear and so that's why she would um, disparage you using some of the same type of terms? Yeah, so when my parents found out I had social media, they literally would print out a picture of my selfie, um, for example, MySpace, and they would say, you have your picture on the internet, you're going to get raped. Yeah. And what? What? how do you respond to that? I didn't. I cried. Did they make you take like stop having social media? No, I pretty much deleted and started a new one. Got it. Yeah. So when you went to college, Facebook was a thing, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, and once you were in Iowa, and as you said, there's some space, right? Yeah. So do you, do you also feel, you said that you felt a little closer to them, you were a little calmer. Do you also feel maybe having that space, for, uh, I want to say force, force them to trust that you're going to be okay? Or do you think they still dealt with the same anxieties that that something was going to happen to you they still deal with the same anxieties uh whenever i see them they still try to coddle me and tell me what to do with my life um 
pretty much the same stuff like as I was with a kid. So it just like makes me a little frustrated because it's like, I'm 27, you mm-hmm. should trust me, but you don't even think I can even cook a meal for myself. Well, I'm 37 and I can't cook a meal for myself, but I can make a mean turkey cheese and pepperoni sandwich. That's cooking. Is it? I don't know. Holy fuck, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm going to tell my mom. <laughs> so that still to this day, like if you see them for the holidays, they'll be, you, you feel like that's going to be their reaction. Yeah, um, I know sometimes I just feel like they're not proud of me in a way. So that's why they tell me all of these things um, to kind of their way of encouraging me to be better, do better. When you run into a problem in life, whether it's um, a work issue or a personal problem, whatever it may be, right? Do you ever feel you can turn to your parents about that? Absolutely not. No? No. What do you think they would say? Um, If I were to tell my dad about a work problem he would tell me that i should quit and do nails really yep he's like you should work in a nail salon it's better what and what would your mom do this is Um, speculative she probably wouldn't say anything no so you you don't feel like you can go to them for any of that no so what do you guys talk about when you talk how's work it's okay but you say it's okay because yeah. if you said anything I else. I give very basic generic answers just to let the conversation be done. Yeah. I say it's good. It's going well. That's it. Mm-hmm. Do, do, they, do they know where you work? I don't think they know what Grubhub is. Okay. When you're with your family, like, do you feel alone in the room? Yes, always. It's very quiet for me. I just kind of keep my mouth shut. How do you distract yourself? My phone. When was the last time, like, the four of you, you and your, Michael and your parents were in the room together? Ooh, 2016. Why so long? Uh, my brother moved to California, and he'll probably never fly back. He never flies back for the holidays or comes home. Did they go see him? They saw him once. Do you think they miss him? Oh, yeah. They definitely miss him. But they try to contact me a little bit more because I'm closer. Have you seen him out in California? No. So I actually haven't really talked to my brother since maybe 2017. Any particular reason? No, we just aren't that close. We get along fairly well. It's just, I don't know, nothing really to talk about day to day. Do you think you still feel resentment at him for being the favorite or the, the like the anointed one? No, not at all. Um, he's actually been helpful for me whenever I had questions during college. Like I majored in computer science, so I had questions and I'd just go to him sometimes. Computer science, okay. Yeah. Um, what about nails? <laughs> Never asked him anything about nails. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I, I was asking about the, why didn't you major in nails? Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. When you were in college, did you graduate? Well, it sounds like you went to a couple different places, right? Yep. So you're getting credits here, credits there. Um, did you ever run into any uh, situations where you kind of weren't able to finish the semester or you just couldn't make it to the end in end i guess is what i'm looking for yeah um so i actually failed two semesters college at two different times um one the first time was after i broke up with the guy i was dating in college um i think i felt like i just wanted to run away type of thing like i just didn't need anyone wanted to kind of just start all all over type of thing I I don't know why Um, and so thought I could do it on my own I was very codependent on him so I was got very depressed 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then I failed college. So did you, did you just, did you still go to class or you just stopped going? Nope, or? I stopped going. I went out every weekend and I just got very depressed and started distracting myself to do everything else but class. As you were distracting yourself more and more and um, coming upon closer and closer to the end of the semester and knowing that you were going to likely fail, what kind of stress did that put on you? If any. I think I just blocked it all. You were able to block it. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Um, I was actually able to kind of um, write something up and got ex- get excused for it, for depression. Oh. Um, so it kind of was able to like, it didn't affect my credits or anything. Okay. Um, and then the second time though, I didn't fight it. Um, I got very depressed. Um, broke up with that same boyfriend again, finally. Um, not because he's a bad guy or anything. He's a great guy. Um, I just wasn't happy with myself. And I think that kind of deteriorated our relationship a lot. So I lost a lot of confidence. I got very depressed, got very anxious. Um, my dog actually that I had with him passed away. Um, so that kind of all built up over that time. Wow. When you say you're depressed, how would you describe depression? Um, I think I'm very negative with myself. Mm-hmm. I kind of lose all the good habits that I do. I kind of just don't really care about anything. I'll go out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, so all my main responsibilities, I just won't even do them anymore. And you kind of just block yeah, block that. Yeah. So how do you think your relationship with your family uh, kind of ties in, if at all, with that, with how you deal with that pain or emotion, how you block those things? I think I distract myself with work a lot. Um, that's what I did after breaking up with my college ex. I worked a lot um, within the past three years, I think, because I was still kind of heartbroken. Um, by everything that happened, I was still learning on to be on my own and everything. Mm-hmm. I just invested myself in my work, pretty much. Okay. And, but there's been good things that have come of that. Yeah. Yeah. Really good things. Um, I think the only problem that I did not really fix was like how I communicate with other people. Yeah. So, okay. That, what do you mean? So, I think seeing. Um, how my parents were and everything and growing up the way I did, I feel like I never really learned how to communicate. So anything that I have an issue with or how I feel, I was never able to open up with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just always internalized it or blocked it or just thought, oh, there's no need to even talk about it. And so whenever I would be in a disagreement with a significant other or something and we would have an argument um, there would usually, you know how people have like a, um, fight or flight sure. response. I have a freeze response. Um, I kind of do the same thing that my mom does. I will kind of have a blank face. I will look away and I won't even respond. And that even if the person says, please talk to me. Yeah. Do you, is it, it that you can't? Yeah. I pretty much become very numb to the situation. I don't feel any emotion. I just try to block it that moment. So it's it's a defense mechanism. Yeah. How long does that last, or does it does it depend on? Um, 
The whole time, really. <laughs> you mean the whole time that there maybe is a conflict with yeah, that person? Yeah, and then they kind of have to give up. They get very frustrated, and I think that hurts um, the other person that I'm arguing with because then they feel like I'm disrespecting them or I don't care. When I do care, I just become... I'm very delayed with my emotions. When you say delayed, so like maybe you guys... Like sometimes I won't feel any emotions after doing something until like a week later. Like, for example, when I broke up with my college boyfriend for the second time, I felt fine until a week later. Then I realized I probably should have processed this and thought about it before doing something about it. And then what what emotions did you feel? Um, I was heartbroken. I cried a lot. Um, initially, I felt really good. You know, I was like, I'm going to start fresh, you know, build up my own confidence, be on my own type of thing. Mm hmm. And then a week later, like, I started missing him, and then I was just very emotional. My emotions caught up to me. <laughs> Can you think of a time where, in least uh, this type of situation as an adult, where your emotions, you've allowed them to go in real time with what you're dealing with? Like, what do you mean? Like, um, I guess a time where maybe you're having a disagreement with somebody where you don't freeze, where you actually feel hurt or, or angry or whatever it is that... The emotion that you you want to feel there, you don't freeze and and push it off. I guess I don't really know. Um, I guess like with my friends, it's not that big of a deal. Like I'm able to communicate with them mm -hmm. and everything, but I don't have that many problems with them. Um, right. But when I'm like in a romantic relationship or some type of intimacy, like I just freeze. I'm lucky in that I um I have good friends and um with my friends you know these arguments rarely happen anymore yeah. and um i'm able to process them and i want yeah. to make it right right away right. but when i'm in a romantic relationship it's a whole nother ball game man and it, it's a really simple thing like oh well that's intimate there's vulnerability there's this right. and that but it's just so ingrained yeah. one is one thing and one is the other thing yeah and no matter how much therapy and you know uh what i try to work on um it seems to me that I always will hit that same pattern yeah. and that same, cause we all have our patterns, right? Yeah. And it's about, at least I'm finding it's about being okay with your limitations. Yeah. And I like you, um, I comma like you, uh, will, um, also just become extremely hard on myself. And what I'm learning more and more is like so much of my own negative thinking and, um, what I think is wrong with the situation is really just my own projection yep. of what I'm afraid is going to happen. And then my ego gets involved and then I get all way down the road with that. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, wait a minute. Actually, none of this is actually happening. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just calm down. Right. Right. But don't, don't say that. Don't say <laughs> so have you ever talked to anybody about this stuff? Yeah. I actually have a psychologist that I see. Um, I've been seeing her for a month and a half now. Um, we just started, That's um, awesome. thank you. Um, we just, we're about to start cognitive processing therapy for me. So it's a type of behavioral therapy. Um, essentially it's usually used for those who have PTSD. Um, it's kind of a new way to kind of, I don't have PTSD, but it kind of, it, it would help me just because it helps, it'll help me learn how to process my feelings a little bit right. more. So if there's like an event or something that trigger something then i would just have to do a lot of writing things down like how i feel what my thoughts are how did that person react um what came after that and kind of get a better understanding like 
just because I feel like with communications, I just feel like I'm stuck and I feel like the worst thing's going to happen. I guess because like when you're growing up, there's like this theory where um, if your parents teach you like bad things happen to you if you're a bad person and good things happen to you if you're a good person. So when you're going through some type of event that triggers some bad emotions or if you've been through any traumatic events, you can go back to that idea of um, why is this happening to me? That means I'm a bad person when bad things are happening. Wow. Yeah. And it's so crazy how when you're young, well, fuck, when you're old too, the simplest black and white uh, description of the world is so we're animals and it's it's just like we want to gravitate to that. And when, if you are taught as a kid, oh, well, if you do bad things, you're a bad person, that type of thing, that shit's not, it's hard to just shake that off. Even if you've, you know, gone to school and, and yeah. become educated in the nuance of life, that shit is deep in you. Yeah. That's why I'm, that's why I really hate the idea of telling children about hell. Yeah. <laughs> like I really hate yeah. it a lot having been in therapy uh, briefly was that a hard thing uh, for you to um come to 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 start yeah so actually i've tried therapy a few times before and i just literally stopped showing up after the first or second time um some things happened a few months ago and that kind of um, i feel like my emotions have been heavy recently in the last few months and everything um so that kind of just I guess I had an epiphany that I just was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. This is literally weighing me down. I can't take this anymore. I need to go to therapy. Well, first, I want to say this because I don't think it's said enough. Um, I think you should be really proud that you're going. I think anybody who goes to therapy should be proud they're, that they're going. It's not an easy thing to yeah. do, especially from what you're describing. Um, doesn't doesn't seem like emotions were top of mind yeah. in your house, uh, and so the fact that you're that you're addressing that and working on that, you should feel really awesome about. Yeah. That. Um. Somehow, I I guess with this psychologist, I just became very open. I'm like a very open book with her, mm-hmm. so that's like amazing, and I feel great that mm-hmm. I'm able to like open up about that. Um. You know, I talked to her about my parents. I talked to her about my work life, my personal life, my relationships, um, and a few other things. You know. Yeah. It's great too, and that's another thing I think people don't always realize. It's it's the same. Um, you know, I've been on medication for my anxiety for almost twenty years, and I've had to go on different medications because not all of them work the same. And I hated the way that some of them worked. But it, it's in a sense, it's the same with therapists. You might just find somebody that you're not comfortable with, yeah. and that's nobody's fault. But it doesn't mean you shouldn't try again. And yeah. then when you do find somebody that you really connect with, yeah. like it sounds like you have, then you're able to really get to get to the heart of the matter. I think it's also like the idea of kind of opening a cans of worms. It's like, do I really want to feel that emotional or do I just want to keep blocking it? Yeah. I. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I hate those fucking therapy sessions where it's like at the end of it i'm like oh my god oh my god but those are the best ones because you're getting all that shit out and you're actually addressing it i often used to do this thing where i would put the copay which was uh twenty dollars like i'd put it on a table you know when i came in just so i remembered i had cash i just set it down so i remember to pay the copay and then if my therapist if she had said something i didn't like you know that was hard to hear i'd be like you know what and i just get up and i take that copay back so that's you know you're not getting that of course that never worked i always had to give it to her but you know it felt good to have that power for a moment yeah as a joke of course um so are you feeling better now 
yeah, I feel great. Um, um, seeing, you know, being consistent and seeing her at least once a week and everything, able to talk about the issues that I have underlying and kind of hoping to become better at communicating mm-hmm. with other people in general. Um, yeah. Well, I think you've uh, been amazing at communicating here today. Oh, thank you. And I'm... I really appreciate you being on and talking through some of this stuff with us. I know it's really personal stuff. Yeah. It's not easy to talk about. Yeah. I think it's brave and really cool of you. And um, I appreciate it very much. Oh, thank you. Um, and again, you are the most relaxed person I've ever seen <laughs> recording anything on a on a podcast. Um, I'm I'm like Brent. I'm just like eating the microphone, uh, and you're like laid back in the chair there, just got a scarf on yeah <laughs> so um thanks again for being on uh and for everybody out there who's listening um i hope you found some heard some things from jenny there that maybe resonated with you made you feel less alone um it's not easy for any of us and um again i want to thank jenny for coming on and being so honest about some of this stuff and um sharing her story um uh, just remember that uh, one thing that's always helped me when I've been having some real bad anxiety or depression is uh, I'm not alone in that fight and neither is anybody else. Um, so uh, as we come up on the holidays, just, just a reminder that you're not alone. There's a lot of people who love you and um, you know, and just to relieve the stress, I would just light up a fuck cigarette and uh, you know, just get, you know, get through those holidays. So uh, Jenny, thanks again for being on. Everybody, uh, we'll see you soon, and uh, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you later. You've been listening to a fourth-hand join.